Good afternoon and good evening. How are you guys doing today? You are currently listening to the Roman the World podcast, and I am your humble host today, Roman. You know, this is on episode 51, and it's been 51 episodes, and I haven't really told you who I am. Yes, from these little 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 spats here and there well today we're gonna get to know me who is roman who am i shit am i a very complex person no i guess you could say i'm a very troubled person i'm a very person who has a bunch of issues i'm a narcissist i'm i'm very 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 impatient I'm an asshole. Everyone calls me a dick. Dick or an asshole. Dick asshole. Asshole dick. I'm a father. I have very little friends. I can count the friends I have on my on one hand. And I'll still have like two fingers left over. <laughs> um, I'm a depressed person. I'm an anxiety-ridden person. I used to be the biggest loser in the world. But most of all, I'm a very bitter person. I'm mad at the world. I'm bitter at the world. And I don't pick and choose. It's just pretty much just everyone in general. So let me start from the beginning. My birthday is July 28th. I'm a Leon. So if that matters to any of you guys, that shows who I am. I know there's people out there who whatever, whatever. I've talked to people who were like, oh, you don't give off Leo fucking vibes. Or, oh, yeah, dude, you are a definite Leo. I don't know. All I know is if I'm around you, if all I know is this. People like me or hate me. That's pretty much it. The people who like me really like me. They like being around me. They like talking to me. And the people who don't like me just wholeheartedly do not like me. They don't like my voice. They don't like my smell. They don't like just the thought of me. And that's It's always been like that my entire life. Unfortunately, I had to learn that the hard way. Unfortunately, there's family members who just don't like me. And I just... I don't know. That's just the way it was. So I am the middle child of have, have an older brother and older sister and two younger brothers. Um, my whole entire life, I've been told I have 
metal child syndrome, which is completely stupid. It's completely dumb, and it's a it's a poor excuse to basically be a parent. Like me personally, if my son came to me and was like, "Dad, I have I'm like this, I'm like that," I try to address address the situations. I try to be as logical and as factual as possible. Um, and one of the big, big things is I grew up my entire life feeling uncomfortable and feeling, I guess you could say not at, at inadequate, but very, um, like there was nothing I could ever do that my parents would make, my parents would be proud of me. Nothing. There was nothing that I have ever done where my parents were like, wow, I am proud of you, Roman. Um, none of that. It's always just been either about the older brothers, older sister, younger brothers. No matter what I did in my life and what I still continue to do, I am just pretty much just, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, that's cool. Uh -huh, Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. I've lived my entire life trying to make my dad happy. Nothing I have ever done was satisfactory to him. Or nothing I have ever done was like, hey, I am proud of my son. It's always been the other ones. And people say, that's metal child syndrome. La, la, da, 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 da. Even still to this day. There has times where I've been trying, I'll, I try to talk with my dad and I have never had my dad's 100% attention. I think the most I've ever had was like 25. You know, my dad's either doing something else, looking at other things, thinking about other things to the point where like I'm talking to him and he just, you know, cut me off to just go, hey, I got to go, go, go do this. And I lived a lot of my life hurt. Because I I knew that it was just something that, you know, I couldn't deal with. I eventually learned to just overcome it and not be bitter, but just, eh, you know, I can't fix it. I'm not even going to try no more. I'm just going to do, do me, you know. And that's why I am the way I am. Because I don't look for anybody's. Um, I can't even think of the word. It's so, it, and it slips me so much because acceptance. I just became my own person. I stopped trying to do, be the person that my dad wanted me to be because I knew that I would never live up to his expectations. I just did everything I did and just did, that was just me. My mom, on the other hand, me and my mom, we never get along. My mom will always find a reason to be mad at me, express some kind of anger towards me, you know, just some kind of, you know, like it could be the smallest things. Hey, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. You need to start doing X, Y, and Z. And me, I'm a very argumentative person and I'm very defensive person because I've been having to defend myself my entire life and i have boys now i have these kids and my first main priority is them 
So whenever I feel like I'm being attacked, I'm automatically going to get defensive and I'm automatically going to just start. Nope. Fucking just what it is. And it's been like that my entire life. My mom tells me, hey, you're not doing X, Y and Z. I express, well, I do do X, Y and Z. Oh, well, you're not doing X, Y and Z the right way. So guess what I do? I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. But now I'm doing too much. Now it's, oh, you're, you're, you're doing this too much. And it's just, it's, it's bother, it, it bothers her my entire life. Either I don't do enough or me doing that. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, it's, it's just doing too much. Like, it's just, there's no in-between. There has never been any, any in-between. Um, and it's the same thing with her. You know, I probably, in the last, I want to say, in the last five years, I probably hugged my mom like 10 times. My dad less. How crazy is that, Right. Um, and it's, it's something that's just always been my entire life. I remember when I was in high school, my 11th grade year and my mom and dad, you know, were always on me, you know, everything about school. And I wasn't a great kid. I was a fucking fucker. I hated school. I still hate school to this day because I'm not a, a book person. I'm a hands-on person. Show me how to do it the right way show me how to do it the more complex and more you know visually way and i will get it done don't give me a book and expect me to learn that way i will not learn i have i have to have someone talk to me and just be more one-on-one with me i get it i'm in a classroom with like 30 other other individuals it's a lot more so i grew up like that i grew up just not liking school i grew up just so so just you know, so so just just I guess you could say angry at the world. I wasn't comfortable at home. I wasn't comfortable at school. Um, I was just my my ways of thought were always shut down and always, um, I guess you could say not heard, because if I thought completely different than my family, I would be shunned and I would be I'm wrong. I'm this. I'm that. And if I didn't conform, I'm just whatever. And in my 11th grade year of school, I remember my mom and dad tell me, oh, we don't even care about you no more. We're done. We know you're not going to graduate school. We're not going to just, it is what it is, like whatever. Okay. I graduated school actually early. A few months early, um, I graduated with extra credits. I graduated, like, just, I graduated. I was my mom's first son to graduate high school. I wasn't her first kid. I was her first son to graduate high school. And we went to Sizzler. No, no, I'm lying to you. We went to um, some pizza place. And to me, that was enough. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I want more. I want this. There was no party. 
There was no extravagant fucking extravaganza. Just very intimate. That's all it was. Um, even still then, there was no, hey, proud moment. Just, hey, good job, Roman. Great. We're happy for you. Da, da, da. Boom. No more. Move on. Um, after that, I've lived my life just in and out of jobs. A lot of warehouse work. I was in a relationship with an older woman who on that own, on that own, pretty much kind of ruined me for other women. Other women have basically admitted that and said that to me like, hey, whatever, you have traumas. And I get it. I understand. And we'll get to there when I get there. But right now we're talking about work. My work ethic growing up was terrible. I had the worst work ethic ever calling off like i went to warehouse works where like warehouse jobs get there do the whole application okay you ready to start tomorrow dog i'm ready to start right now the whole thing i start tomorrow i show up i'm like yo we're doing this is what we're fucking doing fuck that i gotta go take a break never came back i worked warehouse jobs where i never picked up my check because i was just so embarrassed I did warehouse jobs where I fucking just, I was a really bad worker. But at the same time, there was times I, I really enjoyed certain jobs. I did good good work. I came in, I busted my ass, and the other person got the job. Like, And a lot of these were through agencies where they're like, hey, at the end of, the year, at the end of this fucking period, something you guys are going to get hired on through the company. And I come in, I bust my ass. And they end up hiring the other guy. So a lot of it was me being bitter. A lot of it is me just, why do I want to bust my ass if the other person's always going to get the job? I'm in my first real relationship with an older woman. She's not significantly. She's a good five plus years older than me. And... A lot of it was a lot of manipulation. I remember being younger and she would come like, you know, this is before I was driving. Okay. So let's put that in hold before I was 18. And she would always tell me, I just want you to be my sperm donor. And she just put it down on me. And as a kid with this woman who I'm talking about big breasted woman fucking a fat ass like to a little boy this is like oh my god it's like in the pornos and calling me a minute man was giving me fucking 55 55 more seconds than i actually was i was a three pump chump and done three pumps and done and this girl would just decimate me I'm talking about there was times where I would walk to her house, hang out with her till nighttime. It's about, you know, we're just there hanging around, whatever, whatever. My wiener comes out. She starts playing with my wiener. And before it's not even around the pussy, I'm already busting. 
And she's like, get the fuck out of my house. Go walk home. Man, send me home at three in the morning, walking home, kicking rocks. I remember in the beginning, I would talk when we were first just talking and here and there. Um, just leave me to go see other people. A lot of it was very, very just one-sided. She would come pick me up, get me drunk, take advantage of me. Um, always making fun of me. I was coming so fast, prematurely ejaculating. And there were so many things that I would do. Like, I would be online. Like, what can I do? Do I have, am I like, I can't go in there with a loaded gun. So I would like drain my cock. There was no fucking cum in me. But the second I'm around her, one pump and done. When I turned 18 years old, it was more official. It was more like, okay, hey, this is it. And I remember we, I go to a sex shop and I buy this like numbing spray. And me like a dummy, like, okay, you spray it on your wiener. Your wiener's not going to feel anything. Cool. Let's do it. You're supposed to wear a condom. <laughs> we didn't wear condoms. And I put this numbing spray on. I'm putting it down on her for like two seconds. I pull it out. Because I'm like, I'm going to come. Well, let me go eat the coochie. Well, guess what? Her coochie's numb. Her pussy's numb. I go down her and now my mouth is in tongue is numb. And then I kiss her. Now her mouth is numb. My mouth is numb. And she's tripping out. Like, why is my mouth numb? What the hell's going on? And I'm like, hey, like, I had the spray, you know. <laughs> um. So there was that. And there was a lot of. Me trying to figure out different ways. Oh, not to wear socks. Wear socks. Don't be naked just this. Like, just so many tips and tricks I was trying. And nothing seemed to work. Nothing. Um, there was times where, yeah, I would last longer. There was times where just whatever. And we were together for a minute. And then we break. I break up. We break up with her when I was 21. Broke up. And um, she 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 pretty much cheated on me. <clears throat> a lot of that was like she cheated on me, and it was just me just on my own. I remember I was butthurt, I was sad, I was devastated. <sighs> the world was ending, and I was just and literally the world was ending. It was 2012. <laughs> the world was gonna end in like a few months, so I was fucking in shambles. And I ended up going to Colorado. Went out to Colorado with my Nina. Lived out there. An amazing life. It was the best moments of my life. And then guess what? I make a trip back to California. Wham, bam, stuck. Came out here and I was just pretty much stuck. And uh, a lot of it was just, you know... I, I missed my family. I missed being away. I missed my home. Was it... Did I did I miss them loving me? No. I think I just missed the comfortability. I just missed being comfortable. I missed just... That's just what it was. I just missed being in a familiar area. Um, growing up, I used to be... And I still like I don't bat, I don't have addictions 
one of my addictions i you know like i don't suffer from like weed addiction drug addiction alcohol um i don't suffer from any of those addictions like none of that stuff is something that bothers me it's more of um codependencies um i used to be a chronic masturbator growing up like that was insane i remember just you know like being in the restroom and just touching my dick you know just being in just public areas oh, i gotta use the restroom me go in the restroom just touch myself um it was to the point where it was like if i was in my room and the door was closed my my hand was in my dick like two seconds later i remember one of the funniest moments um my dad was trying to scare me in my in my room so he's hiding in the closet and I'm right out the restroom and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go into this room right now. I'm about to go beat my dick. Mind you, I was in the restroom beating my dick. And I'm gonna go into the room to go beat my own dick again. <sighs> Poor little guy, dude. Like he was fucking <sighs> mistreated. And I go into the room the room and I'm like, yo, I jump in my bed, pull my shit out, and I'm just about to start going at it. While the sl- the closet door opens and my dad was like, oh, like really defeated. Oh, I was um, I was gonna scare you, but uh, and like mind you, he wasn't there watching. No, he like, I was just very. I just started touching myself like two seconds into it, and he's like, "Oh, hey, um, I was gonna scare you, but uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let you do your thing." And I remember I was so embarrassed, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Close the door, and I was like, "Fuck!" I just got caught. My dad just was like, "That was so embarrassing." Whatever. Let me go beat my dick quick. <laughs> And it was really bad. And even that's something even still like still to this day that just it grabs a hold of me sometimes, especially like in times of depression. Man, like I I just want to touch myself. You know, when I'm alone, I just want to touch my dick. When I'm in the restroom, I just want to touch my dick. And it's 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 really it really fucked with me a lot. Anyways, so. Fast forward, after this girl, you know, after I move on, uh, I start seeing other women. And just something was in me where I just had something to prove. I had something to prove to this chick that I wasn't with anymore, that I had nothing to do with anymore, that wasn't in my life anymore, that I wasn't talking to, that I had none, no connections to. But something was like, I need to prove that I'm not a minute man. That I am fucking, I don't know. So I just was just, just shut off feelings. I would go have sex with women, never kiss them, never be intimate with them, and just be a machine. Just go and just whatever, 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 put it down, and then take off. Come home and masturbate to myself. I wasn't I, I, I wasn't satisfied. Like having sex with women, it wasn't satisfying me. I wanted to just come home. Like I would doing the deed was fine, but coming home and just masturbating was better. It was it was it was cooler. Like it felt better. Um I have two sons. Um my first son's born in twenty fourteen, second son born in twenty sixteen, then my third son is born in twenty twenty two. But that's fast forwarding. Anyways, so I have two sons from this one woman. And this girl in the beginning 
she seemed like the right one. It's just honestly, it was just a lot of loneliness. I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of me being lonely. And she just filled this void. She was just always there. She never left me alone. She just was consistent. Consistent, 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 consistent. We got in so we were in so many fights. When my when she was pregnant with my first son, we were always fighting, always arguing. It was just so bad and so terrible. On top of that, we we had to go to the doctors like every other day to monitor my son. Um, just there was just so many problems with the little boy, so many issues, so many just scares. And I remember at one point the doctor says to to us, he says, "Hey, just don't get attached." At the time, I was just kind of like, "Oh, whatever." But thinking about it, about it now, like, what the what do you mean? I'm 22, 21 years old. Don't get it. Like now, think about it. don't get attached. That's fucking foul. My son had um. I oh I I always I just I can't remember it all the time if it's. It's one of the two. It's but he had both of them, but I don't know which which is which. Either a hole in the brain and liquid in the liver, or liquid in the brain and hole in his liver. And um, there were just just so many issues. <sighs> Top of that, we were just fighting, and there were just it was just so many problems. I was so scared, and I remember I always tell myself is if this boy comes out and he's and he ends up not making it. I'm going to hate this woman my entire life. I remember just saying that, like, I'm going to hate her. I'm going to put the blame all on her. Just all of that. They, she has a C-section. And we go to the hospital in the morning. And they were going to flip him because he was breached and whatever. So we went to go flip him. And they're like, I was like, oh, so what's going on? They're like, oh, well, we're going to have a baby today. And I remember the nurse was so rude to me. She was so rude. And I was like, oh, for real? She's like, yeah, like just, it was so rude. And I remember they cut her open and they're pulling him out. And when they pull him out, he was just so quiet. His arms all hanging there. And I thought to myself, man, my baby's dead. This boy's dead. And that's the first thing I thought when I saw him. He's dead. I remember they, you know, his, they pull his legs out first, his head stuck, and they're just pulling on his head and everything, pulling his head and everything. And I thought to myself, damn, like at that moment, it wasn't like, I'm happy. It wasn't like, I'm a dad. It wasn't how exciting it was. None of that. It was my son is dead. My baby boy is dead. And, you know, I was just, I was bitter. I remember she's. I remember his mom was having like, she's all claustrophobic, and I just completely ignored her when I seen him. I remember I just completely and all my my every, all my attention was on this kid. The doctor takes him to. They take him to the to the little space like a couple feet away, and I remember my eyes are just locked on him. And then all of a sudden he starts crying. And everything I thought, everything I felt, just disappeared for a, for a moment. We were in the doctor's office and well, we're in the doctor, you know, we get him, we bring him back home. But now we don't bring him home yet. We're in the, the go to the room. And I remember I'm just holding him. I remember I held that kid for so long. I just 
wanted him all around me. And he didn't make a peep. He didn't cry. He was just quiet. I remember doctors, nurses, everybody was like, yo, he's such a great kid. He's such an amazing kid. He's so quiet. He's so good. I'm going to tell you why my son is a little fucker. I love this boy. Because he is just, that's something he would do, you know. And he, he was so quiet. But the second we got in the car, of lights, a fucking flip switched. He did not stop crying. That kid cried so much. It was just awful. I'm talking about crying everywhere we went. Crying and crying and crying and crying. Crying in the car, crying in the car seat, crying on the floor, crying on the bed, crying sitting down, crying just everything. He just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I remember the first night we come home, his mom was like, I remember she grabbed him like it was this boy's like three days old. I remember she's there and she's like, Can you just shut up already? I'm tired. And she got him and put him on the bed. And we were we had a, a pull-out bed in the living room and we had our bed in the room. She put him on the pull-out bed and she went to the room and left. And left him there crying. And I picked him up. And ever since I picked that kid up, I was, you know, my thing all the time, I would pick him up and I would, you know, just not slap his back, but, you know, just pat him on the back. And I would just make a beat on his back, like a boom, boom, pa, boom, boom, pa. You know, my two with my, my fist and then my hand. Not hard, not beating him. And all the time I would just do that to him. And I would walk in circles. We had a little house, little room, little apartment. And I would walk from the living room to the kitchen. Walk in circles, walk in circles, walk in circles. And he was quiet. He was fine. I did everything with that kid. I made him all his food. I was I spent a lot of time with that boy. So much time. Um, we would go, we couldn't even go to restaurants cause he was just crying, crying, cry. He never wanted to be, it's just, it was weird. It was just a weird thing. He just never cried, never stopped crying. He did not like the sound of toilets flushing, loud noises, um, just so many different things. And I remember one day when he first started crawling, I blocked the kitchen area up. He goes into the kitchen, gets the pots and pans, and like any little kid, starts banging on him. But he wasn't just banging on him. He was looking for a sound. And he started making beats. I started, you know, to bang, bang, pop, bang, bang, pop. And he became a drummer overnight. Um, I just, the second I saw that he was into that, I poured everything I could into making him a drummer. Just tripling quadrupling down on everything went made him so i couldn't even like dude we were so broke we were so fucking broke i couldn't even like buy him drumsticks you know i remember getting some sticks getting him anything to, like little sticks shaving them down um we were using formula cans for drums and just all kinds of just such cheap shit and um as irresponsible as it was, I was like, I don't want him to be an only child. 
So I like one years old, almost one. We end up, you know, we have our second son. And the second son, that whole pregnancy was so peaceful. So peaceful. His mom went to school. You know, I was just, you know, working and doing my thing with school. Um, and this boy, when he was born, just so quiet and so alert. But the most stiffest kid I've ever felt in my entire life. Like, the second you grabbed him, he was just, like, stiff like a board. And he's like, don't touch me. I did not want to be touched. And it took, like, six months for that kid to finally be like, okay. This is my mom and dad. This is who we are and whatnot and whatnot. Anyways, this boy, complete opposite, the complete different kid, the most sweetest boy I know, the most just just wanting to cuddle, just wanting just all the love. And unfortunately at that time, me and his mom, we split. And I went from... And, like, it wasn't, like, a split, like, oh, she took, no, it was, she left. Left me with these two boys. Dude, I didn't even know what the hell to do. I don't even know how, honestly, still to this day, I don't even know how we did it. Man, I don't even know how we did it. It was so crazy. I was fucking, I had these two boys in diapers. I didn't have a car. I didn't have nothing. And it was just so fucking crazy. Um, I was going to school. I had to drop out of school and go get jobs. And I moved back in with my parents. And, man, I mind you, I was so impatient. I'm super impatient. I've never been a dad before. I don't know what it feels like to give somebody love. I don't know what it feels like to... Be proud of somebody. I don't know what it feels like to raise a baby. I don't know what it feels like and how to give a kid affection. I was just this fucking person that's just had these two kids. And I would beg the mom, like, just please, just, you don't have to be back with me, but just help me with these kids. She wanted nothing to do with me. Nothing. And... I figured it out. <laughs> I'm lying to you. I still don't figure it out. I'm still learning. Just when I think I get, just when I'm like, yeah, I got the, I figured out how to take care of a baby. Now I got to figure out how to take care of a toddler. Yo, I just figured out how to take care of a toddler. Now it's figure out how to take care of a kid. And me and these boys, we, it was it was just us for a long time. For good, let me see, like four years. A good solid four years, just us. Just just grinding. Nobody else. No other woman came into their life. It was just dad, dad, dad. And the crazy thing is no matter how much I did, no matter how much I was in their life. All they wanted was mom. And at those moments, I felt so inadequate. I felt so bitter towards my kids. I felt so bitter just towards the whole world. Because I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? I have given these kids my life. I gave up 
everything for these boys. I give everything to them. My just me waking up, my time is dedicated to them. And still they want their mom. And I, I would feel so bitter and just so angry. And it, it just, it, it hurt me. Because I'm thinking to myself, man, like I grew up with my family not wanting me like this. And now I have these two sons who don't even want me. And I remember so much they would just be so mean to me sometimes. Like, oh, I want my mom I don't want to live with you no more. I hate you. And they would just, my kids would tell me that so much. You know, I hate you, dad. I don't love you. They would tell me that a lot. All the way up until maybe about a year ago. I hate you. I hate you fucking just so much of that. And it was so frustrating. Because I here I am, I, I wanted to give these kids the world. I have to give these kids the world. And I just wanted to give it to them. And I just, I knew they didn't deserve it. But I didn't care. I do a lot for these boys that they don't deserve. But at the end of the day, I love them. And I would do anything for them. I get another relationship. And it's the first time I bring a woman around my kids. And my son, my youngest boy, was just, even still to this day, so admired. And I remember those times where he would tell me, fuck, I'm going to get all choked up thinking about it. Is she my new mom? Is she my mom? Dad, do we have a mom now? And I was, no, 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 it's, it's not really. My oldest one. Even still to this day, he's he's not that kind of person. He's not a lovable person. Like he's not a he's not an affectionate person. He's just more of just he does things on his own by himself. He's just that's just who he is. My youngest boy, he's just so just wanting love, wanting affection. Amber with with my ex, he would just be all over her and just wanted to love her and just wanted all the affection. Because his mom was never there for that. His mom was never there for that. His mom didn't give him the affection and he just wanted it. And now he had a woman that was there that he can just, is this my mom? And I would tell him like, no, 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 no. This isn't your mom. This ain't mom. You still have mom. Mom loves you. She's just doing her. She's just working. She's just busy. She's just whatever excuse I gave for her. Um, sometime we end up going to move to Arkansas and here comes real mom. No, you're not going to, in the beginning it was fine, but when it got closer, no, you're not going to take my kids out of state, made the biggest deal, made the biggest problem. And for the first time in my life, for the first time in my kid's life, I had a give up my kids to the mom because I was trying to build a better life for these boys in a different state. And mom made a big deal. Police were involved. If I took the kids out of state, I'm going to jail. So much bullshit, so much 
whatever. There's so many little things that are, were there, but this is just the big gist of it all. And I remember I tell my boys, I have court in 60 days. In 60 days, I have court. Anyways, me and the girlfriend, you know, we already have this. We, we just we're trying to get stuff, our own thing established in a different state. She ends up cheating on me. She ends up, you know, like I'm out of state for the first time in my life away from my boys. Previously, before like, the longest I've ever been away from them was like two days, I, like a 36 hours. But now I'm away from them. I can't even call, I can't even call them because mom doesn't want me to call them. I I bought my son a phone. I couldn't even. She wouldn't even allow him to have the phone. There was just like I was paying this phone bill for this phone that was never on. And I was just so devastated. I was just so just I didn't know how to just cope like I, I i just drowned myself in work going to work trying to stay busy and nothing just i just wanted someone to just love me in her eyes i shut down i was distant she didn't know how to you know be affectionate towards me she didn't know how to give me what i what i needed she had her own issues instead instead of you know us trying to work things out she chose to go do what she wanted to go do hurt me we had our little problem whatever whatever fast forward we break up we're not together it's that whole thing on our own i'm on my own in fort smith arkansas i miss court i missed all this stuff all these problems I lost my truck. I'm in Fort Smith, Arkansas, walking to work, taking Ubers to work in the morning. I had to be at work at 5 a.m. I'm up at 3 a.m. I'm living in this motel that has fucking that's infested with roaches. And just the whole world, like, two, like, not even that, like, a week ago, a week previously, a week before all this. I was on top of the world, had everything. And now I'm sitting in a motel room with just one pair of clothes. And there's roaches everywhere. I remember um, just, just feeling just so devastated. So such like a loser. I was so just lost. I get this job. I have this job, taking Ubers to work, walking back, trying my best not to spend money on Ubers because they were just so expensive. One day I'm walking by a, a, a pawn shop and I see a bike. I tell the dude, hey, how much for that bike right there? A oh, hundred dollars. Like, cool. I jump on the bike and I remember the first, like the first moment riding this bike. I get on it and I remember I just, I feel the the wind in my face and I remember I just started crying and I was like yo I feel so fucking good this is the best feeling I've ever felt in so long and I would get on this bike and I would ride all over Fort Smith 
all over the place, like everywhere, all the little streets. I would get up at 3.30 in the morning to be at work by 5 because I had to go over the Arkansas River. I had to ride up this big-ass hill. And I was just so with it, just, damn, riding all those places. I get me an apartment. I remember I had this apartment. And I remember when I first moved in, I had a, the first thing I did was I went to Walmart. And I remember I'm in Walmart having an anxiety attack because I'm like, and I'm crying in Walmart. And I'm like, dude, I have my own place. And I'm alone. I was so happy. I go into Walmart. I buy me a comforter set. And I have a, um, I had this little green blanket, comforter set, and no mattress, hard floor, laying in the corner, just the most, I was on top of the world. I was, and I had a pike. I felt amazing. <sighs> and that's pretty much what it was. Me and my my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend who cheated on me, we ended up getting back together. And I heard this not that long ago. One of the biggest mistakes you can do is loving the same person twice. Because the second time, you don't love them for who they are. You love them for who they were. And they're not that person anymore. And that's so fucking true. And we would both say it to each other. Oh, I just want things to get back to the way they used to be. I just want things to be the back the way they used to be. And we could never get there because we weren't those same people anymore. She ends up getting pregnant with my third son. And a lot of the time, even still, like I'm very insecure. My kid's mom cheated on me. The first girlfriend I ever was with cheated on me. And this most recent girlfriend cheated on me. Every last major relationship I had ended with them being unfaithful and cheating on me. And here's this woman who previously cheated on me. We got back together. All the little variables in between. There was so many crazy variables in between. And I am so insecure. And I don't know how to express it. And no matter how much I express it to her, how much I explain I'm insecure, if I'm upset about it, if I'm crying, if I'm mean, if I'm sad, that I am just insecure. No matter any way I've expressed it to her, I was the one being treated like it was my fault. Like I was the one. She cheated on me, but I'm the one being, um, what is the word for it? <laughs> Punished. She was the one, oh, I'm insecure with you, Roman. I, I feel like you're talking to other people. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm not the one who did this. You cheated on me. I've never given you a reason why I cheat on me. Anything I've ever done, anything I've ever said, anything I ever try to express, like, we need to fix, I need to take accountability. Anyways, needless to say, we split. I come back to California. And it was the biggest mistake I've ever made. Not splitting, but just moving back to California. But I did it to save my kids, to protect my kids, to just get away from an environment of just negativity. We come back to California and it's just been 
Honestly, it's just been a shit show. It's just been awful. I'm miserable out here. I'm sad out here. And it's just, I've been feeling so just bad. I live my entire life for my boys. I do everything for them. I, man, I would have these crazy bouts of depression. And I remember these depressions, this depression I would have that just keep me stuck. Keep me not be able to do anything. Just crying, sad, hurt. It was, it was awful. And now I live my life of, you know, little by little, learning to just not care. I find myself bitter at the world. I find myself mad at everybody. I find myself that I don't want to get close to people. I find I don't want to talk to people. I don't give anyone a chance. But I'm still being, I'm still the bad guy. I'm still the asshole. I'm still the dick. Because I'm hurt. Because I'm scared. I'm all alone. I have my sons. They're great. They're cool. But it's just us. And one thing they always know, Dad, it's just the boys. And they will tell me that all the time. Dad, it's just the boys, Dad. We're the boys. It's just us. And I've been so grateful for them. Because without them, I wouldn't be as hardworking as I am. But I go, I try my best to just do everything for them. I don't like to rely on people because I've, I've, I've always been let down. Every single time, whether it's mom, dad, brothers, sister, cousin, girlfriend, friend, any person I have ever given a little bit of my power to them, they have always let me down no matter what it was. Every single time. Like I'm working a night shift now only so I can work four days a week. 12-hour shifts, only so I can work a full schedule. I hate working night shifts, but I'm working this night shift only so I can work that schedule so I can provide for these kids. I do a lot of things on my own, just just us. And even still to this day, I, I don't feel part of my family. You know, there's times where, you know, they they have, the, I don't know what group chats they have. But there's times when I see them, they'll be in their group chat messaging each other, and I do not respond. I see them, and I don't respond. I just don't feel part of it. Sometimes I do, but I don't feel part of it. They, you know, when I was working, like, I've been working weekends for almost a year. And when I was working weekends, I would come home, have parties. And they know I go time I get out of work. I come home, parties are there, there's no food left, just whatever and you know i'm like oh dang you guys having a party today oh yeah we're just having a little get together so and so came over and i'm like oh okay no one ever told me and a lot of it was just oh okay like why do i want to be part of this you know even still so still to this day like they go out and they want to go do things like hey we're gonna go to so-and-so's house i don't feel i don't ever feel comfortable to go i don't i tell myself yeah you know it's family but 
I don't want to be in an area where I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be somewhere where my kids have to feel like that kind of way. So we do our own thing. Thanksgiving comes, we take off. We go do our own thing. Christmas time, we try to go do our own thing. You know, and it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lonely life. And it's not because I hate people. It's but because of the life I lived, of the way people treated me. You know, I would always tell people, how can you say you can't trust anybody if you don't try? And I tried so much. I threw myself out there so much. And at the end of the day, it's always just been me. Me that I can count on. It's tough. It sucks. It's a lot. No one out here is going to care like you care. Man, I, I was thinking about that just this morning that I went from driving my dream truck to driving a fucking 10-speed bike. I've never learned how to ride a mountain bike in my life, and I had to figure it out on my own. I went from being the happiest man in the world to being the most bitter man in the world. I'm so insecure. I'm so untrustworthy. Not like you can trust me, but I just don't trust people no more. I'm so bitter towards people. I'm so angry towards people. And that's to people that are family, friends. <laughs> but to the random stranger, I am the most nicest person to. I am the most humbling person to. Because I don't know them and they don't know me. And I don't care. We're not gonna, they're not gonna have any power in my life, any of that. So I'll be respectful as possible. I try to be a loving person. I try to be a nice person. I try to be a person who just throws myself out there. And I'm always being mocked about it. I remember one time I'm, I'm telling my sister about Little Miss Sunshine. We're talking about it. And I tell my sister, yeah, like I was watching this movie and I was in tears the whole time. And my mom's like, yeah, right. You weren't like, like, just like, why, why do that? You know, you don't know my life. You know what I tell you. But I'm stressed out. I'm going through a lot. I'm fucking sick and dying. But things I have to keep to myself. Because at the end of the day. Nobody cares. It's just you. You got to keep on your own track. Stay positive. And who cares what people think? As long as you're happy, your kids are taken care of. You got to do your own thing. I don't. I don't need anybody. Sometimes I want somebody. I don't need anybody else. But those nights when I'm alone and I'm sad and I'm feeling just like a biggest baby in the world. I know that there's lots of people who've been there before. And I know this is only temporary. And it's not a big deal. 
but I know that I'm working on myself. The way I feel is how I feel today. Tomorrow, I could probably still feel the same way, but maybe next month it'll be all gone. Maybe next month I'll be a happy person, a more forgiving person. I'm a very forgiving person. I just don't forget. I don't care about a lot of things. I just let shit roll off the side. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to waste my time being angry. I try to instill standards into my boys. I'm very tough on my kids. Because that's the way the world has made me feel. That my kids have to be able to just be these tough kids. Because I wasn't raised like that. I had to figure out all this on my own. And fortunately for my boys, or unfortunately for my boys, they don't have mom's love. There's no mom. They just got dad. Dad, dad, dad. I hate school, but for my boys, I go and I'm like, try to be part of the PTA. Try to be part of just anything I can get. I like the whole school knows me for good reasons, bad reasons, nothing on my part, my son's. I'm a fucking, I'm a fake. I'm a loser. I'm a fucking, I'm a mess. But at the end of the day, it's okay. I'm working on myself. And it's going to be all right. I let my kids know I love them every day. I hug them every day. But sometimes I'm just so, I, I catch myself being so mean to them. Like I said, I'm bitter. And it's it sucks because it's not that I'm angry at them. I'm angry at the world. I'm angry at the world. Anyways, that's who I am. This is Roman. I'm just a lost person just strolling through this world. Trying to figure things out, taking one day at a time. And I know it's going to be okay. I know it's not the end of the world. And I'm learning to be a dad. I'm learning to be patient. And it's hard. It's really hard. But if I can do it, you can do it. I used to be in a dark place. There's like a couple of lights on now. But I appreciate you guys listening to my little biography. Maybe next time we'll get more in depth. Thank you for listening to the Roman the World podcast. And you guys have a great night. Don't be bitter. Think with your brain and love with your heart. See you guys later.